For my ally is the Force. And a powerful ally it is. Life creates it. Makes it grow. Its energy surrounds us and binds us. Luminous beings are we, not this crude matter. You must feel the force around you. Here, between you, me, the tree, the rock, everywhere. I am a Jedi, like my father before me. Don't know the power of the dark side. If you strike me down, I shall become more powerful than you can possibly imagine. I got a bad feeling about this. Welcome to episode 129 of Blue Harvest. I'm your host, Halls Burkhart. And Will Witten was not available this week. He's, uh, you know, doing holiday stuff with the family and whatnot. So I called in a guest, a royal guest at that. It's been a long time since you've heard this man on Blue Harvest. A whole eight days or something <laughs> like that by the time this comes out. It's our good buddy, King Tom. How's it going, Hoss? Thank you so much for having me. No, thanks for coming in, buddy. Um, so, you know, there's not a ton of news to be had this week, obviously. I, w I wouldn't say new news, at least. Um, Maybe some rehashes of old things and yeah, and, controversies, things like that. Right. And then, um, so I, King Tom and I talked a little bit and came up with an interesting sort of bit we're going to do this evening and then we're going to hear from you guys hear what you guys thought about the last jedi because we got some voice messages and some voice mails same thing uh and some emails and what have you so uh that's the plan for this evening and uh we'll leave you guys to all your holiday type celebration i don't know for that <laughs> let me give you guys some business you guys can uh, like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Blue Harvest Podcast. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Blue Harvest Pod. You can email us at blueharvestpodcast at gmail.com. And you can check out shirts and stuff. We're going to have a couple of new ones coming up very, very soon. Uh, tpublic.com slash user slash Blue Harvest Podcast. I think I saw a preview of one, and I'm really looking forward <laughs> to getting it. Yeah, it's a... It's, uh, it's one that came from window shopping vintage carded figures mm -hmm. on uh, eBay and stuff one day. And I was like, oh, God damn, that's a great idea I just had. Let me bug yep. Evan with it. <laughs> uh, guys, can I just say um, I haven't gotten to talk about it yet because uh, of the reaction show last week. But thank you, thank you, thank you to everybody who purchased the 2017 blue harvest holiday special we ended up bringing in just a little over 550 dollars i believe for the castle toy run and last saturday was the actual toy run where they went and 
dropped off all the toys. And let me tell you what, check out at the Kessel Toy Run on Twitter if you want to see some heartwarming pictures and videos. Oh, my goodness. Some awesome, awesome pictures of a ton of toys. Yeah, and some kids uh, really enjoying it. Sal and his buddies at the Saber Guild showed up to help pass out toys and hang out with the kids. So great. So great. But, guys, um, eh, look forward to it next year. We're going to keep this going. So we'll have another holiday special next year. And uh, I'm already trying to come up with some plans for that now. So hopefully uh, we can do something to maybe uh, even raise a little more next year. Keep this going and growing. Um, Before we move on to the festivities tonight, I would just like to remind everybody that we are part of the best damn-ass podcasting network in the galaxy, the Making Star Wars Podcast Network, along with other such great other shows as... Now this is podcasting, Steel Wars, Rebel Girl, Rogue One, The Sith List, Podcast 2187, Tarkin's Top Shelf, Idiot's Array, Cantina Cast, First Order Transmissions, and The Cargo Hold. That business was what I wanted for Christmas. <laughs> well, ho, 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 motherfucker, there you go. Nope. <laughs> so, um, it's what, it's a, it's been what eight days since for both of us since the movie came out you saw it on thursday as well yeah yeah that's right yeah how many seen it a few times since how many times have you seen it now buddy either five and a half or six my son got sick uh we took the kids one uh afternoon my my son got sick so i took him home my wife and daughter stayed to watch the movie so oh that sucks buddy is he okay yeah it was a stomach thing that lasted pretty much just that day oh i got you well that sucks oh i can only imagine how bummed I would have been as a kid. New mm-hmm. Star Wars comes out, finally getting to go see it. Stomach bug. Oh, man. Yeah. That would suck. Um, So you've seen it uh, <coughs> five, maybe six times, depending on if people want to count it or not. Yeah, do you round up or not, I don't know. doesn't matter. Right. Uh, what... Um, what do you... Uh, what do you think? How's it sitting with you after seeing it so many times? I saw it for my fourth this afternoon. Okay, yeah. Um, it's sitting very well. I, I don't... I could rank or whatever, but it just seems pointless. I love it. I loved it last week, the first time I, I saw it. I, I've loved it every time. I feel like every time I have a new favorite scene, um, even the, the one <sighs> yesterday I saw with my daughter for my latest time so far, I was still feeling emotional uh, at all the key moments. And it's just a great great movie you know i still notice little things or i focus on like i was really focusing on dj's mannerisms oh right this on. last time uh, and you know he says and i saw someone t- tweeted this he says something like katuga when he leaves the jail cell and he mm-hmm. does this little, like mm-hmm. wave gesture with his hand and it, he is just a great character even you know what line i really like from him when he's like uh if you take me, I could crack you into old man Snoke's boudoir. I love boudoir. the way, and he's like picking his teeth with that card. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know why, but I uh, I really like that line yeah, a lot. If if you had told me a few months ago that someone in Star Wars was going to say boudoir. <laughs> old like, man Snoke's boudoir. Old man Snoke's, yeah. I would have been like, what the hell? But he makes it work. Mm-hmm. And I just, I dig his character. And I think, you know, last week you asked me what my favorite part was. I said Yoda. This last time when uh, the, the, the Falcon flies down, the Battle of Crate, and you see yeah, Chewie in the Porg, but you also see Ray in the turret. 
Uh, she's going crazy. And then when it dives into that cavern and the music picks up the Battle of Endor slash Escape from the First Death Star theme, that oh. uh, I just I just melted in that. Or either melted or exploded or a combination <laughs> of both right in that. I felt bad for the people that had to clean up the theater after me. I like that part quite a bit. And you know what? I don't know how I didn't pick it up on my first couple of viewings. Uh, Brittany actually pointed it out to me that when you first see um, Ray in the gun turret for the Falcon, she mm-hmm. says, oh, I like this. Spoiler alert. That's going to be showing up in some episodes <laughs> once the Blu-ray comes out. You know what? I ne- I did not. I knew she said it, but I didn't think to equate it to, wow, yeah, that's that's good. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm going to be uh lifting that one out of the Blu-ray for sure. Um Yeah, man, I so I've seen it four times now right. and I was in I went to like a uh 3:30 or a 3 o'clock showing this afternoon and I was mm-hmm. the only one in my theater by myself. And I was okay. sitting there wondering like are there going to be any parts where like normally if it was if there were other people in the theater I'd never even bother with my phone. Mm-hmm. I was like, I wonder, you know, now that it's just me, I wonder if I'll actually pick up my phone and fuck around with it any this uh, chance. And once that movie started, like the phone stayed in the cup holder, never mm-hmm. once ended up picking it up. And that's on the fourth time. Yeah. I, I have been trying <laughs> to find things I don't like about it. And I just, I can't do it. At least not yet. I've got to live with this one. Eventually, mm-hmm. I will place it somewhere in, in my own personal ranking. But right. I, I want to live with this one at home when mm-hmm. I have other Star Wars options to watch, you know? Mm-hmm. You know, I, yeah. I know the, the one thing that I was thinking about today, I, I was listening to Rogue One last night and this morning. And I think you were saying how the very first viewing there was just this discomfort. Right. And the first time I saw it twice opening night. Both times I loved it, but there was just something heavy <coughs> so going heavy. along with the movie. And I don't know if it was because, you know, you have all these theories or it's your first time seeing it, experiencing it. And it's a very emotional movie. You see things that as a Star Wars fan, as someone who's had this, at least with me my whole life, it, it, it's uncomfortable. But it's good in that way. But now that I know it, now that I'm used to it, that heaviness is not there. Right, at least right. I totally agree. Um, so, I rem- I said last week during the reaction, like, this movie is going to be divisive. And yeah. the whole boy is. <laughs> and, like, I'm not here to come down on anybody either way. I just, like, be cool to each other. If you didn't like it, you didn't like it. If you loved it, you loved it. It's fine to say that, but don't come down on it, anybody either way, you know? Like, just be cool to each other for once. God damn it. Yeah, I think... From my point of view, I think there are people who don't like it who are doing it to enrage Star Wars fans, or they don't like Star Wars fans, or they don't like what Star Wars has become. So that's made some of us who are fans of Star Wars, who are fans of the movie, get a little bit extra defensive. Yeah. And, well, you know, there's also this fucking... This is one of the lamest things I've ever seen. The dude who... Is, was using bots to lower the user oh, score yeah. on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. And like, all right, you didn't like the movie. 
that's totally fine. But like, what is it that that's your personal crusade? That's the fucking one of the lamest uses of time I've ever heard. Mm -hmm. And, and then did you see that it fucked up? Like something about his bot fucked up and he started leaving other movies, bad reviews on other movies, but not like, but for the last Jedi and people were like, (laughs) it's not really a bot. Those are real reviews. Uh, I don't know. That little well, fuck up in <laughs> I don't know that little fuck up in the system seems to point otherwise. Rotten Tomatoes even came out and they're like, "No, our system is infallible." Yeah, yeah. Well, I rate that opinion as a uh, a zero percent fresh. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's just silly, man. Like, I don't care. Like, that's like the second time I I saw it, I put uh, like I was uh, sort of tweeting about it, and I was like, I tried to find things I didn't like and. At the end of the day, I couldn't, and I just don't care. Like, I'm not going to argue about it. I'm not going to get mad. But I'm also not going to not say that I liked it. Um, just just to be cool or something. I don't know. I liked it. I, I want to see it again. And, yeah, and I know people who saw it that second time and have come around on it. Yeah, you and know, I'm that not, was I'm not a, saying it's that for everyone. Right, and, and that was actually sort of a common thing I noticed where people were like, I don't know if I liked it, and then the second time, I don't know, something just... It seems, you know, I mean, with anything, there's this huge spectrum. Like, obviously, some people saw it the first time and really liked it or loved it, like us. And mm-hmm. then other times, people did saw it, didn't like it the first time, saw it the second time, thought it was great. Uh, other people didn't like it the first time, didn't like it the second time. Right. You know? So, I mean, that's with anything, though, of course. Um but interesting, interesting, and I'm I'm really looking forward to the. I am really looking forward to the next two years leading up to Episode Nine. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things this uh, this guy I used to be friends with, like back in grade school, we're friends on Facebook, and he made this long, angry post about it, saying that uh, Ryan Johnson made Michael Bay look like Stanley Kubrick, and I was like, Oh my god. For real, wow! For real, I mean, this is that is an inst- instance where it's so over the top that I literally think maybe he watched like a Russian bootleg or something, or like a <laughs> oh no, I don't get it. Like, but to each their own. Um, what's what's the, do you have any little nuggets of new stuff you've picked up on that you could drop on our good listeners? Uh, like I like I was saying, the stuff with DJ. Um, other than that, nothing that like I've been watching and I can't say. Oh, I noticed this. Did you notice that? I I, I got nothing in that regard. I'm just I'm just loving the movie. And <clears throat> so I know this is very. Uh, I've got two sort of minor things. So I've okay. been holding to the position that when Ray ends up on the supremacy like when they take in the escape pod Mm -hmm. that when that you see that stormtrooper with the handcuffs that's the first time you see a stormtrooper in the movie i was wrong the first time you see a stormtrooper in the movie is actually way earlier it's when the hologram of snoke comes on and is fucking with general hux there's a stormtrooper standing on the bridge behind hux i was like well there you go um Mm -hmm. another one was i've heard some people wondering like the boy at the end, Broom Boy, Tamiri mm-hmm. Blag, whatever the fuck you want to call him. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
he they were wondering like did rose give him that ring or did he already have one i just immediately assumed that rose gave him that ring Mm -hmm. well it actually if you look closely you can see what's going on so they open the door to the stable and he's chilling in there right yeah he's not wearing that ring then Mm -hmm. then they let all the father ears out and you see him like waving them on going go 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 He's got the ring on then. So yeah. Rose gives him the ring. Yeah, I, I did pick that up. Yeah. <coughs> that that is cool though. Because yeah. I, I have seen people wondering that, but yeah, that's I think that I think you're right about that. Yeah, I mean, like I said, just these little things that like on my fourth viewing, I'm like paying super close attention to like little odd stuff. So mm-hmm. um There is a, there is a first order guy in I when Rose and Finn and DJ are, are captured and he walks out with the droid and he has like the white officer's uniform and this black sash. He's got a mustache. I just want to know more about that guy. Yeah, the, he almost has like a Krennic uniform going. Kind of, yeah. Yeah, almost, without the cape. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, uh, you know what I never noticed? This is something I didn't notice until this time. When they're in their first order disguises, I thought DJ just picked a weird hat. He's wearing no. the hat backwards. Yeah, That's he, why it looks so weird. Yeah, he did. He did that, and I, I think he unbuttoned the top of it too. But mm. it was like somewhere. I'm guessing there was something that was cut because he, they walk up to that console, and he looks normally, and then he's messing with Rose's uh, pendant or whatever the Hazian smell, and he like the hat looks jacked up. So I assume the Hazian smelt or whatever, that's mm-hmm. probably the ore that was mined from Rose and Paige's planet that they talk about on Canto Bite. Yeah, I would think so. Yeah, that's because she says that like they lived on an ore-rich planet. The First Order showed up and strip-mined their planet to pay for weapons and then tested those weapons on the planet. Mm-hmm. So... Um, what do you think about 20 minutes of deleted scenes on the Blu-ray? I am looking forward to that Blu-ray. Yeah, so apparently Lesson 3 is part of the Blu-ray, the deleted scenes. Now, this makes me wonder, like, I, Star Wars deleted scenes are a weird space for me, because, like, is the Anchorhead stuff from A New Hope, is that considered canon? I don't know. Mm -hmm. The fact that in some of the Rogue One uh, trailers we saw pilots that had like Biggs's helmet and stuff mm-hmm. makes me think maybe those are considered canon and that's why we didn't see those pilots in the final movie or it was because of reshoots who knows because um, yeah. that wouldn't really interface like wh- how could he be there for Rogue One then put on a fucking pimp uniform go to Tatooine meet Luke and then go back to the rebellion that wouldn't really work real well um mm-hmm. Yeah, the timing would be weird. But it makes me wonder, like, if if Lesson 3 is a deleted scene and it's not considered canon, does that still leave the the door open for seeing Lesson 3 in Episode 9? I kind of feel like Ray may be past uh, Lesson 3 by that point. Well, I have have two thoughts on that. Um, First, I think the deleted scenes, it really depends on the scene because I think the movie works 
whether or not she gets that lesson or not. Oh, yeah, for sure. But, but th- the thing to me is Luke says he's going to give her three lessons. Ray thinks, and I think by default we as the audience think, that the lessons are how to be a Jedi or how to use the Force. But on one of my viewings, I started thinking, what if the lessons are why the Jedi were wrong? Or why it's not the Jedi that's going to save the galaxy? Because, you know, Ray sits down on that on that rock and, you know, he, Luke asks her what she knows about the Force. And she says it's this power the Jedi have. And Luke says, no, it's not the power of the Jedi. Everyone has it. Lesson two, you know, he's they're in that room around the, the fountain or that pool of the birdbath or whatever it is. And he's telling her all the failures of the Jedi. Right. So what if the like he's like, well, you're you, you're here because you think you're going to learn this. But this is what I'm going to teach you. This is what you need to learn how to save the galaxy. It's not how to be a Jedi. It's how to do this or it's why the Jedi suck. Yeah, I could definitely see that, but I, I also, and, and maybe this is just me and my personal attachment to the Jedi, it, mm-hmm. I kind of feel like Luke is cool with the Jedi again by the end of the movie because he says, and I will not be the last Jedi, obviously mm-hmm. talking oh, about Rey. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's, I'm, like, I don't want to hold on to it and bet on it too much, but like, I just don't see a scenario where we don't get Force Ghost Luke in Episode Nine in some form. Mm-hmm. Um, I would just be so surprised. Uh, yeah. I think I think that has to happen, and I would... Well, I'll, I'll save that for the... I'll save my second comment for our, our next uh, our, our next, next segment. On yeah. The, what, um, what are they up to? But I think part of the thing with the Jedi is Yoda knows it, and I think Luke is coming around to it, that... The Jedi, as they were at the end, during the Clone Wars, they were messed up. They needed to change, and they didn't change. And I think that's maybe what Lucas started. Like, he comes from this point of view where the Jedi were wrong, but maybe Yoda helps him realize that if they refocus... Right, right. Okay, yeah. okay. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, okay. I can dig that. I dig it. Um Man, I like that Yoda scene. I loved it so much the first oh. time. I like it more and more every mm-hmm. time I go back to it. Uh, yeah. It, it, the whole him calling down lightning thing uh, is really cool. It makes me wonder, though, if we will see that extrapolated on in Episode Nine with with Luke. Will we see Luke as a Force ghost affecting the physical realm? in that mm. manner in some way i would also surprised. smacks him in the face he sure does <laughs> maybe. <laughs> maybe i'd like to see it yeah i mean i <clears throat> i don't know so do you remember maybe in the f- first draft of return of the jedi like mm. where it actually ends sort of I believe in like a lava cave. Yeah. Like beneath Darth Vader's castle or some shit. And um, the Emperor's throne room on the Had Ab- Abaddon or something okay, like that. Okay, okay, yeah. And Yoda and Obi-Wan, or maybe just Obi-Wan, actually 
they do that. They manifest force ghost style physically. Where like they actually fight Vader and shit, right? Yeah, I think it in the one of the early drafts, Obi Wan comes back to his physical form. Yoda shows up. The Emperor is using the the Force lightning on Luke, but it's deflected. And each time it's deflected, it was supposed to be like an image of Yoda. Ah, uh, okay. Or something like that. But that, yeah, they were both they were both involved in that duel. Okay. Okay. I wonder if that's one of those concepts that we could end up seeing come back. Maybe. Well, speaking of Episode Nine, why don't we move on to the other thing I sort of had planned for this evening. Um, I thought it'd be fun if we did some predictions, which are surely to be mostly wrong, but maybe we'll get, get some nuggets right in two years' time. You guys can listen back to this and see how King Tom and I did. We're going to predict where we think each of the main characters is going to be not like physically, but like as a character, sort of their starting off point for their storyline in episode nine. Um, so I, let me kick it off. I'll kick it off with Poe Dameron and then you okay. can give your thoughts on Poe after me. Right. Poe Dameron to me is the one that seems easiest to figure out in that. I'm pretty sure he's basically going to be sort of the leader of this rebellion, this reborn mm-hmm. rebellion. It definitely, there's definitely the storyline that's been talked about in numerous magazine articles before the movie even came out about Leia's basically grooming him for leadership. And mm-hmm. especially with the passing of Carrie Fisher, I really don't see them going any other way with Poe, but having him be, if not the leader of the rebellion, at least a major, one of the major leaders of the rebellion in the next movie. Mm-hmm. I had I had pretty much the same thing. I had general in the resistance. I'm guessing they're still going to find a way to have him in an X-wing every now and then because he does a great Oscar Isaac as a character does a great job in that cockpit too. He does a great job in it inside it and out of it. I think he's somehow they're going to have a reason to have him in there. Oh, for um, sure. I would be going to be a leader. So surprised if they didn't. Um I think he's going to have a nice vacation cottage somewhere with BB-8 where they can get away and have their, you know, BB-8 belly rubbing time. Oh. Uh, but I think, yeah, I definitely think he's going to be one of the leaders. I do think they're going to need to bring in someone else they can elevate to be at his level or above him. Maybe um, Ken, Ken Lung, the guy who's miles from Lost, who was in The Force oh, Awakens. Yeah. Uh, I'd like to see him come back. Maybe someone else. But yeah, definitely key player in the resistance. That would be rad if they brought him back, man. Yeah, there was a bunch of sort of little cameo type roles in The Force Awakens that are not there now, including him, Greg Grunberg. Uh, mm-hmm. Although in the visual dictionary, it says that a lot of members of Black Squadron, of Poe's uh, X-Wing Squadron, have were actually scattered to other evacuation points before mm-hmm. the first order showed up so i'm Gives sure back. yeah i'm sure jj is going to be bringing old matt parkman back mm-hmm. um yeah i i i don't see them not putting him in an, in an x-wing at some point you gotta right yeah i was about to say that's like having han in the movie and not having pilot the falcon but han oh. never pilots the falcon in uh return of the jedi when you think about it no he doesn't wow um 
Okay, so we did Poe. Who? Let's do Finn next. Where do you think Finn's going to be in the next movie? I had a tough time thinking about Finn um, because he's not. I, I was thinking he's definitely in the Resistance, maybe doing. I don't. I don't know what the equivalent of this in Star Wars would be like. PR type. Join the Resistance. You can do it. Pump up the troops type thing. Because he he's a great. He's a great, uh, not hand-to-hand, but melee combat fighter. But it's tough to see how his skills, how his personality really translate to the armed forces at large. Okay. See, I was kind of thinking, like, so episode one, or not episode one, episode seven, The Force Awakens, Finn is basically on the run the whole time. And, yeah. and really only gets involved with the resistance because he wants to help Ray. And he starts this movie in a very similar spot where he wants to leave so he can protect Ray. But by the end of the movie, he's the guy that gives the like rousing speech to get them to hold off against the, the you know, jump in the fucking ski speeders and stuff. Yeah, um, and I won't let them win. And I won't let them win for sure. Oh, speaking of Finn, I noticed another little missing scene. So, thus far, the only one I could really think about was Ray running at night with a lightsaber. Mm-hmm. In the TV spots, um, there was a line from Finn that's not in the movie that is him saying something to the effect of, I was raised to fight, and now I have something to fight for. Oh. Or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, not in the movie. Interesting, I thought. But, uh, so... You know, I definitely see episode nine. We're done with that. He's full on in the rebellion. Yeah. Um, it makes me wonder if if they do. And, and most of mine, by the way, are going off of the idea that there's probably going to be a time jump. At oh, least yeah, I def- think so. I was. Yeah, I was thinking at least two years. So, you know how by the time of Return of the Jedi, like Han and Luke are both. Is Luke a general in the Rebellion at that point? Do they call him General Skywalker? I thought... I remember looking this up a lot a few months ago. He was, for some reason, I thought they did. He was Commander Skywalker in Empire Strikes Back. Yeah. And Lando and Han are definitely a general. So I could kind of see General Finn. Or, you know, maybe he'll have a yeah. last name by then. Um I definitely see him being more in the mix uh, as far as... Because you got to think so many of the resistance leadership are gone that they're going to have to promote some junior members. Yeah. And and by the time, if there is a time jump, you know, Finn will be one of the longest standing resistance or rebellion members at that point. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, I, I want to... I'm, I'm going to sidetrack here for just a moment, if I may. Go I for really want to see how they bring together this rebellion rebellion because you you'd have to if you're looking at it from in universe a big galactic point of view you'd have to imagine there are some new or republic army forces that haven't been wiped out you'd have to imagine there's planetary defense and planets that definitely don't want to be subjugated by the first order so i would think that this whole idea of how the the resistance now rebels inspired the galaxy was to kind of marshal those forces and gain people to their side. 
yeah. on a larger scale. I want to tell you, I was talking to my good buddy Sal Perales on the phone mm-hmm. the day after the movie came out. And he was like, oh, hey, bro, what would you think? And we're just chatting away, right? Just having a good old time. And something that I brought up, and this is an exciting prospect for me personally. Um, back during the prequels, I always dug that in between, like, say, The Phantom Menace and Attack of the Clones, because they knew there was going to be a time jump, you got mm-hmm. stories in between there. You know? Yeah. You would, like, what was the one? I believe it was Rogue Planet. Now, not all mm-hmm. these st- stories were good, but Rogue Planet <laughs> took place like, I don't know, two or three years after The Phantom Menace, and it was Obi-Wan and his Padawan Anakin out on an adventure together. Mm-hmm. Um, if there's a time jump in between episode eight and nine, the possibility that we could get something like that, maybe even in sort of the journey to episode nine type mm-hmm. stuff, that's cool to me. Because... Yeah. Um, you just really couldn't do that between episode seven and eight because they start so closely together. Right. What would, you know, uh, what would a, f- a book about Finn be? He slept. <laughs> he slept, man. The dreams that Finn had. Yeah, that, see? You know what? I'd probably read that. I'd probably be yeah. like, Fuck, yeah, bro, dream book, Star Wars dream book. <laughs> Finn's dream journal. Um, so, you know, the fact that we could, you know, I don't see them doing a huge time jump. Definitely not a, a Phantom Menace to Attack of the Clone style 10-year jump or whatever yeah. it is. But I could see maybe like an, a New Hope Empire style time jump, three years. Mm-hmm. Something to that effect. And you can do some cool Star Wars stories in three years. Especially if you know, you're know you talking about what you're basically saying. This is what made me think of this as sort of the rebuilding of the Rebellion. Mm-hmm. Like, I... If they do a time jump, they're not gonna and they're not gonna spend a whole lot of time in the movie necessarily showing you them rebuilding this rebellion. You know, so right. that would be stories I'd be interested to see though. How Finn and and Poe went on a mission to this planet to talk them into joining the new rebellion or freeing them from the first order and stuff. So I could see that being pretty cool. Yeah. <clears throat> um. So we did Poe, we did Finn. Let's do um, let's do Kylo. Why don't you kick off the Kylo? Uh, I I think obviously supreme leader. He's been getting stronger in the dark side. Maybe struggling with leadership because he's young and very brash. He's probably leading the first order to try and hunt down the resistance or make a great big statement against the rebels um you'd have to imagine the, f- the final chapter has some peril i don't want to say a death star or other super weapon but be something like that that drives the story or drives the first orders i i would think last attack on the resistance and he's going to be gearing up for that one thing in the whole dynamic of the way we've seen the villains you always have like the scholarly, knowledgeable elder, Palpatine or Snoke, who is very learned in the dark side. And then you have the apprentice who's pretty much learning, but also brute force. And it'd be interested to, interesting to see if Kylo does ascend to that next level where 
he knows the, the history of the dark side. He can do all the stuff that we saw Snoke do. I'd be interested in seeing that, but I don't want him to be totally overpowered. Right. But I, I yeah, that that's where I think he's going to be. Yeah, I mean, I couldn't really come up with anything better. Like, Supreme Leader, for sure. I have a feeling that the Hux and Kylo relationship will only intensify. Mm-hmm. Like, they're sort of back and... I don't think Hux will be as... Um, outwardly sort of defiant to Kylo with him being in the position of Supreme Leader. I would not, however, be surprised if sort of Kyle or Hux's storyline is that he is plotting against Kylo in some way. That's what I had too. I was gonna I was gonna ask, do you think that Kylo will be able to trust Hux? No. I think Hux will be very like uh loyal and subservient to Kylo's face, but I think there's they just can't I, I think there's going to have to be some sort of fracture within the First Order, and I don't see Hux just being immediately cool with Kylo after the last two movies. So, But I also don't think Kylo would put up with Hux. Now that he's Supreme Leader, I don't see Kylo putting up with Hux's sort of talking back and shit that he does to him, you know? Mm-hmm. So I, 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 that's why I think more of like a maybe a secret plan to try and assassinate Kylo or take control of the first order from him or something. The, the other thing that I, I was thinking is the first order is, is a military group, but it also wants to be a government. And I remember, or it aspires to govern, so to speak. And I remember a lot in the lead up to the force awakens there, there was the story that Snoke knew a lot of the politicians and was able to seduce them with his wealth and the promise of, members of the Senate, you know, living high off the hog and being rich beyond their wildest dreams. So I think you are going to need someone in the First Order who handles the money, who handles the public face of things. And I don't, I don't, and again, this is just me and the way my mind works. I don't see Kylo or Hux as doing that. So maybe you need to have someone else be in that power structure. And, and I, I was thinking the perfect person would be Admiral uh, Sloan, from the books that would be really cool i just unfortunately i don't really know how likely the books are to mean anything at this point like i think they're fun and i enjoy them i'm not saying Mm -hmm. that i'm just saying like at this point two movies in have we really gotten any great big connection between the books and the movies you know for instance we know um that ryan johnson uh, gave notes to Claudia Gray for Bloodline, including apparently that whole napkin plot where Leia reads yeah. the napkin about the assassination attempt and that's how she's able to get out. Like, that was something Ryan suggested. And when you hear that, you think, oh, something about that is going to be involved in The Last Jedi. Yeah. But it wasn't really, that. you know? So, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I think it, at least for now... I think things in the books will be have smaller effects. Um, I would like to see Ray Sloan too. I think that would be really cool. I don't know that it's going to happen, but but I don't really know. I think it would be really cool, and I know there's a lot of people that would be really excited to see live action Ray Sloan. Mm -hmm. Um, But that is an interesting point. Like you need sort of the uh, 
the governmental face of um, of the First Order. One thing I'd really like to see in Episode Nine um, is sort of more of a, a galactic view of the galaxy. I guess like. Yeah. Episode seven and eight have been very sort of small scale, whereas like the biggest thing you saw happen to the galaxy was the Hosnian Prime system mm-hmm. get destroyed or the Hosnian system. <clears throat> um, and that was like less than a minute of screen time. Right. So I would like to see like it says in the um, in the opening crawl, the first order reigns. Ray mm-hmm. tells Luke like. At this rate, the First Order is going to start taking, subjugating planets and stuff. I want to see that on a more, on a bigger scale. Like, yeah. uh, I know the original trilogy is very sort of insulated and small. But, uh, you know, if we're going to change so much up in Star Wars, like, mm-hmm. take a little bit of that flavor from the prequels. I'm not saying a lot. Just take a little couple dashes and mm-hmm. let me see sort of if if the First Order is the ruling body of the galaxy at this point as a whole or as a majority like let me see what that's like let me see a, a few glimpses of how they operate in that way um and just expand the scope just a little bit mm-hmm. i'm not saying on a crazy scale i don't even necessarily want to see senate debates and stuff like in the prequels but give me a little something just a little more um, a good time to go back to coruscant mm-hmm. show me fucking what show me what coruscant looks Damn, 50 years after the prequels, please. I want to see that. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw someone on Twitter say that it would be neat. And honestly, I don't know if this is even in the cards. You know, Luke mentions to Kylo, or mentions that Kylo took a handful of his students with him. Mm-hmm. And since then, a lot of people have been like, were they the Praetorian Guards? Are they the Knights of Ren? We don't really know. But I've seen, seen some people be like, well, maybe the, that handful of students come back. I like that idea because that gives you more force-powered people to play around with in the story. But what I really liked was someone was like, how cool would it be to see sort of a Kylo Ren Knights of the Round scene, like a dark Knights of the Round. And I'm a big Arthurian legend guy. I love that shit. So they were (laughs) speaking my language. Uh, I just don't know how likely that is. Right. It would seem awfully late in the game to... Uh, introduce a handful of other dark side users into the movie or into the trilogy, you know? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, I don't know how I didn't bring this up when we were talking about news. Did you see this thing from the Star Wars Insider? Which, oh, is the other... Apprentice thing about Snoke? I, I saw something about that. Okay, yeah, so Star Wars Insider, which is basically the official Star Wars magazine put out their last Jedi issue this week in it. There's an, there's a whole section about Snoke and it starts off with Snoke who has trained at least one other apprentice besides Kylo. What the fuck? How are you going to just drop this little bit of meaty knowledge on us? Like, what does that even mean? Mm -hmm. Um, And when is this current? How, you know, is Snoke a thousand years old when this happened a hundred years ago? Oh, that's a it, good point. That's a really good point. I, I the, okay, you, you know, can I go back to our very first topic of conversation, new things I noticed for a moment? Absolutely. Okay, when, 
the in the throne room scene mm-hmm. when Snoke is toying with Rey, and he says, "You have spunk. You have the spirit of a true Jedi, and now you will die like a Jedi." I you you know the part. lines I'm referring. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. oh, it's it is so so good. It makes me wonder. Okay. How does this guy know Jedi? Has he killed any himself? Oh! I want to know that. Okay, so does he... That is a very good point. Does he know... Like, that would be like me saying to to someone, like, you have the spirit of a true samurai. Mm -hmm. And I've never been around a samurai. Right. But does... You know, the Jedi in the galaxy are definitely mythical legendary characters so could it just be that like he's speaking from like not experience but like knowledge like right. you know watching just, hollow vids or something right or Maybe does he, found he have a oh. palpatine snuff collection or something oh oh, oh, oh that's a or, that's a dark collection yeah or maybe he has some of his own but that, like I realize, okay, the movies are done with him. We're moving on, but I want—I just want to know that. I mean, the movies are done with him, <laughs> and like I think the perfect argument for it that with people that are upset is definitely the what did we know about Palpatine even after Return of the Jedi? Not shit. Yeah. It took years for us to find out more about Palpatine. Really, mm-hmm. the only thing you had to go on with Palpatine after Return of the Jedi was that movie. And that little intro to the book, Star Wars, not where it talk, yeah, where it talks about sort of his rise to power. <clears throat> and then you know we started getting all kinds of other stuff leading into the prequels, Dark Empire, which you know mm-hmm. doesn't matter now, but that was sort of our next sort of glimpse into Palpatine, was yeah. Dark Empire, I think at least. So think, yeah, um, guys, if you want to know more about Snoke, you will. You just got to be patient for it. I'm sure there's going to be like a Snoke book or something. Here's what I was thinking today. So, once again, speaking about the throne room, uh, you know those weird guys in the back that have like the robes, the attendants, they call them? That's what the visual dictionary calls them. In it, it says they come from the unknown regions, that they're mute, and and they help, basically they help Snoke operate that Oculus viewer or whatever it's called. Mm-hmm. This is all in the visual dictionary. And you know, the books have been sort of hinting at there being some sort of dark power outside of the galaxy in the unknown regions. And many of us uh, assumed that maybe that was talking about Snoke. And at the, in the end of the day, I think it will be. I mm-hmm. think the First Order, you know, they go out, uh, they what's left of the empire sort of goes out into the unknown regions and is reborn as the first order. Yeah. And probably that's where Snoke and they sort of interface and meet up. But what was Snoke doing out in the unknown regions before? Mm -hmm. What if, and this is a crazy, stupid, your Snoke theory sucks type theory here, but what if episode nine ends with, the destruction of the first order, but they find out that like Snoke's homies in the unknown regions found out that Snoke is dead. And maybe there's a threat coming to the galaxy. And Mm -hmm. like, I'm, I'm just trying to think of 
basically, like, I really eventually want an episode 10, 11, 12. Um, and I don't necessarily think it'll be anytime soon, but you can't just have the evil Nazi empire be the, the, the bad guys every time. And I know it's very close to sort of the Yuzan Vong thing from the EU, but I do think a threat from outside of the galaxy coming in could be something kind of cool, especially if they're, if they've got the force and, in dark force users and shit like Snoke. It's just something I was kind of thinking about. He was, Snoke was also part of the galaxy. He had a familiarity with the rise of the empire, Vader, the Jedi. It wasn't like, that's true. He knew it didn't scream alien, alien, right? He definitely knew he meant, they mentioned in the force awakens book, right? That he watched, the fall of the Jedi and the em- rise of the Empire, et cetera, et cetera. But who knows? Like when you say somebody watched something and they're force sensitive and they have force powers, who knows how they're watching? You know what I mean? That could have been yeah. some. Who knows? I, I'm not trying to get too weird. I was just sitting here thinking, like, how do you continue the story on after episode nine if it really does end with the defeat of the First Order? I guess they could not defeat the First Order, and then the First Order could still be the threat in another trilogy, but they I don't know. Could, but I, I, like, I like your way, especially what you said to kind of shift away from the Nazi evil empire. And I think the thing about Star Wars as it's set up now, it's, it's, it's great because we could get that at any time in the future in any form. And they have it, while they may or may not have it written down, who he is and where he comes from. They will do so in a way that makes sense with everything we have. And if something changes between now and the time that story comes out, you can bet that story will be flexible and will will change. They're creative enough to do that. So while we may be like, I need to know what Snoke is. I need to know who he is, where he comes from, what he, you know, even though he's dead, even though we're like that at some point, we'll get a story. Yeah. That's what there's hardly, anything in star wars that doesn't at some point get explained you know right uh, i'm just saying like i was saying people just got to be patient for it and i would rather them come up with something cool than just rush something out where it's like well he was a rich guy who hid his force powers and one day he walked into an electric fence and got all <laughs> fucked up and then yeah. the emperor died and he was like hey i got force powers i want to be that guy get me my gold rope you know like yeah like really think it out and make it cool be- Hey guys, story know. group, if you're looking, looking to hire, call your boy. <laughs> call your boy. I got a, a sweet story group. Got a sweet electric fence <laughs> backstory for Snoke planned out. Um, so we talked uh, Poe, Finn, Ray, or we didn't do we, Ray. We did Kylo. Yeah. What Kylo, about Ray? Kind of, kind of hot. Ray studying the Force, communing with Luke, reading the books occasionally appearing and helping the resistance. I think the, I'm throwing this out there. I think she's going to be based on Yavin. Oh, that would be rad. Um, I wonder where, I wonder where Luke's Jedi training temple was and why they're being so cagey about it. Yeah. At this point, given what we got about the story between seven and eight, like 
is there a reason or have they just not decided to, on a name for the planet? Like, because if you look in the visual dictionary at the galactic map, it sort of shows where it is, but it doesn't name the planet. Oh, does it? I see. I haven't. I, I haven't read the visual dictionary. And, I've seen some things, but I haven't read the whole thing. And it's like, why do that? Like, why? It, unless it's something, why not give us the answer? Um. Mm-hmm. So I don't really know about that. I wonder how quick are we going to get into? Is Ray going to worry? Is she going to be more worried about bringing down Kylo in the First Order, or is she going to be more worried about? having to continue the Jedi order. Will we see her with students? Is it too soon to see her with students? I don't really know. Um, I just kind of feel like, I don't know. Like the one thing I kind of thought we would get in this sequel trilogy was Luke with a group of Jedi students. And obviously we didn't. He, He tried, but it didn't work out too well. So I wonder if maybe we will end up getting that, but it'll just be with Ray. But I also wonder, I don't know. I wonder if they'd be willing to go there. Um, And, you know, who knows? I do think from a character standpoint, I think we will see Ray having to deal with and acclimate to the idea of the burden is on her now. Kind of what Luke had to deal with. Like, she's the last Jedi, and it's up to her to pass on this tradition and what she has learned. Um, And I think it would be cool to see her having to deal with that. Because I feel like she's... Like, even through Episode Eight, I kind of noticed that she's still, at least at the beginning of the movie, not really embracing that part, the Jedi part. Like, she doesn't even Mm -hmm. mention it to Luke right away. She's all about getting him to help come come help save the resistance. Um, but I feel like she's embraced it by the end of eight. Yeah. Um, oh, you know what? I, 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 so I want to see her talk to force ghost Luke. I would mm-hmm. really like to see her interact with force ghost Yoda just because have, well, yeah, it would be awesome, but I don't know why, but I get so stoked every time Yoda says young Ray. It's just yes. so awesome hearing the Frank Oz Yoda voice talking about a new sequel character, you know, I I loved that in the Yoda scene that he acknowledged her and he like, he acknowledged her as I don't want to say their responsibility, but their future. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and I think that that kind of not, not sidetrack a little bit, but I think Yoda in the future will be pranking the hell out of Luke Skywalker every chance he can get. <laughs> um, I So where do you fall on Rey's new lightsaber? The, the things I've heard are, you know, sort of bandied about are, oh, she's going to have a double-bladed lightsaber, or, oh, she's just going to fix the, the Skywalker saber and use it, or, um, or she's going to build just a regular sort of single bladed lightsaber and use the crystal from the Skywalker saber. Where do you find? Cause Ray's going to have a lightsaber. They're, oh yeah. I, I, uh, I, I hate to do this and then get another movie with a bunch of surprises that I don't expect and Ray not have a lightsaber, but guys, she's going to have a lightsaber. Yeah. There's gotta be a lightsaber. 
I think I think she'll have a single. I think they were building it up. Although from the way she was, because they really did build up the um, the reverse grip. Uh huh. Where she was holding it like Ahsoka. So part of me was wondering. I was thinking that she would have two. Oh. At one point in the Last Jedi. I don't know that they're going to do that now. I'm like, maybe she goes to Octo to clean out Luke's stuff and finds that other Kyber crystal that he had in the necklace. Um, I think she's going to use the one from the Anakin saber and maybe just make one. That would be, I would love to see a live action star Wars character dual wield lightsabers. Yeah. We got Anakin doing it a little bit in attack of the clone. Yeah. But I, I, I mean, as their primary. Yeah like means of lightsaber combat i think that'd be really cool i always like that, it in games and shit and i know it is very video always gamey. be in, in jedi academy or jedi knight when you could choose how you wanted to wield it i was always double double blade not double blade double saber i mean right <laughs> um yeah i uh, the one i hope and i, I kind of hope she doesn't rebuild the skywalker saber like i'm ready for a new saber We've gotten so much other new stuff in the movie. Like, it's time for a new saber. And, like, come on, guys. You know you'll sell some sabers. Master replicas, fucking Black Series sabers. Mm. Mm. I can't wait. I do, at the end of the day, I do think it'll probably be blue, if not green. I don't think they'll have her rocking, like, a purple saber or anything like that. But more than likely, if... You know, depending on how they go with it. Like, if she's using the Skywalker saber, then I could see them still have it still be blue. Mm-hmm. Um, or this, the, not the saber, the, the Kyber crystal from within. Right. Um, okay, so who have we done? We've done Poe, Finn, Kylo, Ray. Hux, kind of, we did. Hux, yeah, kind of, we did. Um, what do you think? How do you think they're going to handle Leia? I think she, she, you know, during this time she will have been leading the resistance slash rebellion. I mean, do we call, are we calling it the rebellion again or the resistance? I'm a bit unclear on that. I don't know either, buddy, because it's I weird. Do. Like in promotion stuff, even back as far as the Force Awakens, sometimes they would be listed as the re- rebels and stuff. Right, right. I think, and I'm just so used to calling it the rebellion, but mentally I've been trying to call it the resistance. And I think I, I, I like both. I like rebellion better, probably. Um. I'm going to go with Rebellion only because of the Luke Skywalker line at the end of Episode 8, where he very clearly says the Rebellion is born again. Yeah, I think so. I think she's leading the Rebellion, building it. Um, I think storyline-wise, she will have been killed probably shortly before Episode (laughs) Maybe even whatever the story was that she was killed leading up to as I mentioned earlier, Kylo is going to have some big plan for some final strike and her death might've been like the, the catalyst or last straw before. it. Yeah, I could totally see that. I honestly, I think that's how they're probably going to go. It may even be something that's addressed in the opening crawl. Yeah. Um, and then I think the image and the idea of Leia will be like a rallying, rallying cry for the rebellion. Like, you mm-hmm. may even see, like, I don't know, propaganda posters or holographic videos using her image, but I don't think we will get any more necessarily character moments from Leia. 
especially if they stick to they're not going to recast, they're not going to CGI recreate her. Um, and, like, what are your other options then if you don't have her die in between the movies? Like, do you have the... Do you do something like where you have a ship blow up and people are like, holy shit, Leia was on there. I don't think mm-hmm. so. You know? Yeah, or like the like the beginning of Attack of the Clones where you see her from the back and like, we're about to land in a few minutes and then the ship blows. I don't think they do that. Yeah, I don't think they do that either. And I was kind of wondering, somebody said maybe episode nine, I wish I could... Um, I've listened. I've, I've finally started listening to reaction podcasts. I wanted to get Blue Harvest and Rogue One out of the way before I started listening, so I could sort of go in fresh. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I can't remember where I heard it. Somewhere, either on a podcast or on Twitter, someone was like, "Well, what if Episode Nine opens with Leia's funeral, like a space funeral, kind of like when they said that? It kind of reminded me of um, the funeral at the end of Guardians of the Galaxy too." Okay. Um, and honestly, I could kind of see that because that would be a way for ha- like to on screen pay tribute to the passing of Carrie Fisher. Um, mm-hmm. It could be a major tearjerker. Um, and you could even have. All right, you ready for an X Men reference? I know if there's anybody that's ready for an okay. X Men reference, it's my dude. This is what I was thinking. This is what The Last Jedi has been doing to me. I've been laying in bed thinking about stuff. Yeah. Okay. In the X-Men in the 90s, shortly after Wolverine had the adamantium stripped from his bones. Okay. He went sort of in exile. Remember, he left X-Men and sort of went wandering, right? Yeah. During that time, while he was gone, Scott Summers and Jean Grey got married in a big Mm -hmm. special issue. Wolverine didn't attend the wedding, but there's like two panels that show that he was like up on a hill watching and trees or something yeah and then left so he i could see even see them doing something like that with kylo where he somehow finds a way to attend but without people knowing he's there because it's Mm -hmm. his mom Um, yeah and i think that could be a real powerful moment for kylo but at also people keep sort of glossing over the fact that kylo like yeah he doesn't take that shot on leia in the the last jedi after that, he appears to not give a fuck if Leia gets killed. Because he's like, go into that base and kill everybody. No quarter, yeah, no prisoners. Nope. Yep. And, like, that's not the sign of somebody that's got a lot of uh, mommy dearest feelings, you know? Right. So, I don't know. I, that's just telling you, man, I've been thinking a lot about where do they go from here and... I like that idea, though. Not, th- I think that's maybe not my worst idea. Obviously, with my whole, oh, the green lightsabers and uh, R2-D2, and he's going to shoot it out. That didn't work out so well. well but hey, you, you got you got the electric fence and Kylo watching from afar today. You're, you're two for two in my book. Mm, mm, that electric fence is strong. Um, yeah, I, I just don't see them really giving an on... I don't know. It just seemed kind of weird for them to give Leia an on-screen but off-screen death. Yeah. Um, and I think it would be almost more powerful to just the image and idea of Leia to be sort of a, what inspires the rebellion going into this, what we assume to be final battle with the First Order. Mm-hmm. 
All right, so Leia, um, what about Rose? What do you think Rose is going to be up to? I think she's recovered. Yeah. Working on getting planets to join the, the Rebellion, helping reach out to the... Yeah, the, the 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 various marginalized groups right. being hurt by the first order. Um, I I definitely want her as part of the movie. I think maybe even working with Finn. I see her, you know, joining close to Finn. Maybe maybe looking for hackers in the galaxy because I think that electronic warfare should be a bigger thing in the Star Wars galaxy. For sure. Uh, I didn't I didn't really have anything concrete for her though. Yeah, I mean that one's a little tougher for me. Because we only have one movie to go off of. But I definitely see her playing a role. I definitely see her being part of the Rebellion. And probably a more upfront part of the Rebellion than just hiding behind pipes. Like she yeah. says. And a, a definitely a more... Not that that's not important. But, you know, a more sort of upfront type role. I don't know that she'll necessarily be like a fighter pilot or even like a soldier necessarily. Yeah, super soldier. Yeah. But she'll... I think She'll be a part for sure. She and Finn are the audience. They're the every people. And I, I, I really like I, I, I like both of them as actors, as characters, and I want to see them in the movie. It's just hard to know where they fit in something where, you know, it's like the good versus evil and everyone matters, but you have these regular people. Yeah. Who aren't yeah. Yeah, and it's cool because Finn was definitely that role in The Force Awakens, and then he does this super heroic shit, and not that he's still not the everyman, but now he's, like Rose says, he's like a rebellion hero, a resistance hero. So they bring her in so you still have that person um, that sort of represents the audience in a way. Um, but yeah, I, I could see... I kind of feel like this rebellion, like whatever they put together after The Last Jedi, is going to be way more ragtag than um, we saw in the original trilogy. I wouldn't be surprised if, like, you know, Maz Kanata and her pirate buddies are part of the fold. Or, you know... Lando. Lando. Oh, that's, that's what I really want. They have the perfect opportunity now. Just say Lando was in the Outer Rim doing his business, you know, supportive of the resistance, but not part of the fight. He gets the uh, signal from the end of The Last Jedi, and he's like, well, you know what? It's time for me and my ships or whatever to join yeah. the fight. You don't have to have Billy D in an action hero role. I would be perfectly fine with Billy D chilling in an Admiral Akbar ship, <laughs> being a strategist and, and, like, you know, issuing orders to, to troops and stuff. But give me a little Billy D. He can yeah. do that. He can do that. Um, but yeah, like you were kind of saying with hackers and stuff, I could see like they they have to, um, uh, you know, sort of assemble non-Star Wars traditional members of the Rebellion, including hackers and, and things like that. That would be really cool. Mm -hmm. um, all right. <laughs> do you think we will be returning to any planets or locations we've seen in this sequel trilogy so far? Um, not necessarily. The, Me, out of the, the, like the, the new ones from this sequel trilogy, we got Jakku, right. Takodana, um, 
Dakar, maybe Octo, maybe Ray goes back one last time. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't. I mean, Candle Bite would be fun to see again, but I don't, I don't see that as a plot necessity. Me Galaxy neither. Big enough. And Crate. Obviously not. Crate, yeah. not Dakar. Um, yeah. No, that's a good question. I don't, I don't think so. So remember back, I believe it was the summer, maybe beginning of the fall, there was someone who was like an extra in The Force Awakens. So you got to keep that in mind and take this with a grain of salt, but... Uh, he said that they were going to be returning to Abu Dhabi for filming for episode nine. This oh, was right. definitely before the Colin Trevorrow firing, though. So that could be mm. out the window. If it was true in the first place, that could be out the window. Um, mm. I just don't really know what they would return to Jakku for unless it's Ray just double ch- like going to talk to Uncar Plutt and see like to have him confirm. The story about her parents, I don't know. I can't think of any reason for them to go to Jakku unless it deals with Rey and her parents. Yeah. At, at at one point, I thought that The Last Jedi would end with Rey back in her ad at making another scratch on that wall. Because I thought that, you know, Ryan Johnson was all about what's the worst thing that can happen to these characters. And I thought she was going to end back there. But now that she is what she is and I love where she is. I love the decision she made in this movie. I don't I don't see for any any reason for them to go back to Jakku. King Tom, do you Why know how we- sad I would be if Ray got stuck back on Jakku at the end of episode eight? I'd be so oh, sad. I would I would be too, but that you know, because of what Ryan Johnson was saying, right. That's what I, I was thinking, okay, what is the worst thing that can happen? And for Ray, that's what I thought was was gonna happen. I'm like, why does everyone want to go back to Jakku? Um, yeah I I don't see necessarily a need to return to any planet Jakku would not uh, surprise me but only because of that rumor we heard before I thought like when that rumor came out I was like well there'll definitely be a reason we'll see that in episode 8 you know like they have a reason to return to Tatooine in um, Return of the Jedi that's where Han's being taken uh, they definitely, to me, unless it has something to do with her parents, didn't set up any reason to return to Jakku in episode nine mm-hmm. or eight. I mean, but then return. You guys know what I mean. Um, yeah, I think that'll do it. I think we kind of covered where we thought each of the characters and stuff might be. I, I have, I have two, and we could, these could just be rapid fire. Two questions for you. Okay. Phasma alive or dead? So, this one's tough for me. They definitely show her armor taking a full-on laser blast, and that shit doesn't do anything. Right. Her armor is built from the hull of an intergalactic spaceship. So, Mm -hmm. you would think it might be able to withstand fire. But she did fall into a big-ass explosion. Yeah. I kind of think she could come back, but I'm Mm -hmm. not... Like, 100%. Like, this is the thing. Like, they risk something if they bring her back. If they bring her back and they're like, oh, shit, Phasma's back. You guys thought she was done. And then she comes back just to get beat again in nine. People are going to be like, what the fuck? Why? You guys are just fucking with us with Phasma. Mm-hmm. Um, and Jason was saying on Making Star Wars this week, which I, I thought was a pretty cool idea 
from a visual standpoint is like you could have Phasma come back and have like a fucked up face from where her her um helmet was oh, yeah. busted. And I was like, yeah, that's a cool idea. I just don't know that they would do it. How, what do you think about Phasma? Mm-hmm. I, part of me wants to see her come back. Um, I think they're going to need someone that can't just be hot, uh, Kylo and Hux. But watching The Last Jedi, at no point was I like, where's Phasma? Where's Phasma? It wasn't until she came out that I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. Phasma's here, too. I had that so, exact same reaction. I like her as a character, and I, I do want to see her back, but I, I also I get what you're saying, that are, are they going to bring her back to have her clowned a third time in a row? Right, and, and at that point, if you, if, you, <laughs> if you fuck around and do that three movies in a row, mm-hmm. ah, I, that's pretty, that makes that char- character pretty silly. I don't care what you put in a book about her backstory that makes her real badass, like... Yeah, and that she's badass in that book, but it doesn't matter at that point if she just gets clowned around three times in a row. That would just be crazy, unless you have it somewhere where she just <laughs> decides the first order is done and just leaves on her own accord, and that would you be can weird. Bring her back, whatever's after. Yeah, that would be cool. It would also be weird. Well, okay, I see what you're saying. At first, I was thinking mm-hmm. you were saying like she leaves the first order and joins the rebellion. Damn, that would make some yeah. awkward fucking. Uh, battle table meetings with Finn. Yeah. No. <laughs> no, I'm thinking like, you know, goes to become a mercenary or just goes off on her own. And look, I, I realize it's a tiny bit hypocritical for me to say this, like that she may not be back because I'm the guy that firmly believes Boba Fett survived the, the Sarlacc. And I want right. that really bad. So I, I get it. She's just, that's the thing. She's this trilogy's Boba Fett. She looks, but... I'll even say this: She does a little more than Boba Fett in this in these movies, as far as like action scenes go. Yeah, Boba Fett never had a hand to hand or melee combat fight uh, with anybody. <clears throat> um, one other, qu- one other quick one. Okay. Millennium Falcon radar dish. What shape? Octagon. <laughs> it's going to be an octagon Dharma initiative symbol. Oh, well, okay. Yes, that that wins with a falcon I, in the middle. I, I was going to go triangle, but I, your third great idea of the night. And that's going to be JJ's little nod. That would be the most obvious out in your face nod that I'd ever seen in a movie. That I, like, if JJ was like, fuck it, I'm going to put up. Ryan Johnson knocked off my, um, my, my square radar <laughs> dish, my rectangle. I'm going to put an octagon on there. This is going to be I the thought, Falcon station. I thought the whispers <laughs> on the island and the cave going to the power underneath the island were pretty big nods too, but that's just me. You know what? The one thing that I've found to be kind of funny in the aftermath of this movie is the whole, and I know a lot of people are sort of joking, but I've seen some very serious people also be like, Ryan Johnson, fuck JJ over. He's like, fuck JJ. Like they must not like each other. That's, you know, I, I did have that, like Kylo's helmet, the resistance to the rebellion, the radar dish. There were a bunch of things that, if I didn't know better, I would think that they had a feud or something. Well, I could see why you would think that, but you've got to keep something in mind. A, like, Ryan Johnson pitched the entire story for The Last Jedi to J.J. Yeah. before The Force Awakens even came out. Mm-hmm. And they talked it out. Like, this has been stuff that's come out in interviews. 
The and other JJ didn't he say it was like the he, he wanted to do it or something like that? Yeah, there's it was that the movie he wanted to direct. Yeah, uh, JJ came out like this is after the Force Awakens. This was sort of in the couple of years leading into the Last Jedi. JJ right. said like I'm jealous that I don't get to direct that movie. That was it. And then you also have the statement from Lawrence Kasdan before The Force Awakens came out where he's like, y'all, episode eight's going to be weird. Ryan Johnson's doing some weird stuff. And so it's not like these guys didn't talk. And then you also have to keep in mind that J.J. saw The the Last Jedi well before any of us. He saw it before he took the job for nine. He was an executive (laughs) producer on The Last Jedi. Now, a lot of times that's just like ornamental but you know what I mean? Like a lot mm-hmm. of, but you can also assume that JJ at least had some input or was talking throughout the process with it. But he yeah. saw The Last Jedi and took the job for episode nine. So I don't think there's really anything going on between the two of them. I, I think no. if he was really pissed off about it, why would he then be like, well, I'm going to do episode nine? I won't take it unless you put that radar dish back on the Falcon. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um. All right, buddy. So let's do some voicemails and some emails. How do you feel about that? I'm I'm good. good um, with that. Let me get everything set up real quick, and then we'll do that. the only Jedi master who can crash box. Running around slaying bitches with his cock hat. He's a big Syrian stud. He loves to split chicks with his pud. Kitty Cockhead. To stroke his cone and suck on his balls. Kitty Cockhead. What you gonna do when he comes on you now? He's a Jedi Council stooge. But he'll be pumping spooge tomorrow. Cockhead. All right. So first up this evening, we have our buddy Demarcus with a voicemail. And I think he might have sent this in before The Last Jedi, so let's check it out. Hello, Haas and Will. It's your good buddy Demarcus. I've been kind of MIA the past couple weeks. Work's just been really sticking it to me, and I haven't been able to catch up on my podcasting, podcast listening at all here. But I just want to call, uh, drop you guys a message here. So uh, it's, it's Wednesday. It's Wednesday, uh, 7 a.m. The Force Awakens comes out tomorrow. A Force Awakens, jeez. <laughs> Last Jedi comes out tomorrow, and I cannot wait. Uh, it's going to be an amazing movie. Uh, but actually, by the time you guys listen to this, it'll probably have already been out. So the movie was amazing. Am I right? The movie was amazing. Yes. I know I haven't seen it yet, but my future me came into the past and told me the movie's amazing. Um, okay. Anyways, so last night, I, you know, I didn't go with the wine uh, last night or the Force FX lightsaber, but I did watch uh, The Force Awakens last night, Tuesday night. 
And um, I know there's a, a someone that a, a listener of Blue Harvest that sends voicemails. I can't remember his name, but he calls it being enhanced. Um, well, yes, I tried that out actually last night. I was enhanced watching The Force Awakens, and wow, it <laughs> man, the the little things I noticed, and I don't know, it's like watching the movie with brand new eyes. It was interesting. <laughs> it was very interesting. Um, and the theories that just pop up in my head, it uh, I don't know. But anyways, uh, so I thought I'd just ask you guys a question here what is the like crazy experience most the craziest experience you've had watching a movie enhanced whether it be star wars or whatnot because it was definitely a different experience and um it was it was interesting but uh yeah the last jedi is amazing um you know i the reviews i haven't read any reviews but i've been hearing that they're like crazy good so yeah ryan apparently killed it cannot wait to be in the theater and see it um but hey oh yeah and i want to thank you haws and uh thank evan for you know i won the drawing for the art so that was crazy dope i was at my girlfriend's uh chris office christmas dinner at Papado's when I get the message notification so that dinner was amazing had a couple drinks yeah I was and a white elephant exchange yeah that was a great great night with that news but I uh, just want to say thanks guys that's awesome Evan's awesome and um, may the force be with you well 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 sir watching the force awakens enhanced seeing it through <laughs> new eyes New bloodshot eyes. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Um, yeah, buddy, I'm glad you won that art print. You gotta when you when you get it, you gotta let us know what you went uh, went I with. Which one he picked? Yeah, yeah. Um, who else? I believe uh, Dylan. I believe Dylan oh. won the other one, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's badass. Well, thank you, buddy, for. Uh, for um buying the uh, holiday special and entering the drawing to win a drawing um mm-hmm. it's sort of alarming that i don't have another voicemail from demarcus so like i wonder if he really thought that uh <laughs> the last jedi was amazing i, I almost so. don't want to talk about the last jedi to demarcus because if we're getting this from the past i don't want i know <laughs> I'm, my comments going back to him before he's seen it oh man if we created a ripple in time fucking oh, yeah. lost season five style mm-hmm. not penny's boat demarcus not penny's boat <laughs> all right next up we've got uh a damn ass fine gentleman with okay. a voicemail it's aaron from okc okay cupid your browser is unable to play this audio file. Uh-oh. Let's see. See if I can write the ship. Oh, come on, work. So, uh, Star Wars. Yeah, Star Wars. Hmm. <laughs> I did, uh, to kind of answer DeMarcus's question, I did see uh, one of the special editions for the first time enhanced. Oh, the, was the a, special edition. I think it was Return of the Jedi, and yeah, it gave a new meaning to Jedi Rocks. 
<laughs> oh man, <laughs> I would have been laughing. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I think I, I think I was worried when uh, Joe Yowza came out. <laughs> yep. All right. Here's uh, here's our buddy Aaron. Aaron from OKC here. Uh, holy fucking shit! Did y'all just see a new Star Wars movie? Cause I just did. Oh, my mind is still um, solidifying after melting and sloshing around in my skull since I've gotten home. I'm just trying to, you know, have some semblance of a brain in there that can make thoughts happen into a recording device that's happening right now, which is smart that this is, you know. Anyway, holy shit. (laughs) That movie, y'all. I am just, yeah, I, I, uh, I'm just blown away. Like, Ryan Johnson did some crazy shit in a Star Wars movie, y'all. Yep. Um, this movie's fucking bananas in parts. Um, whoo! Like, I mean, yeah, I don't know, man. Like, I can't even. Ah. Uh, um, you okay so there, buddy? Much. I mean, I can't wait to it see makes it again. Sense, like, though. I'm gonna have to go see it again in the next few days, and I just I can't wait. I'm so excited. It's uh, there's so much. Like I thought, everyone involved was great. Uh, Kelly Mutran was fantastic. She was she was nice and bubbly and exciting and all that stuff, and she was fun. Um. Poe Dameron rocked the shit, dude. <coughs> fucking Oscar Isaac was badass in this. Uh, you want to talk about heroes? Fucking Haldo was... She was dope as shit. Like, dude, she was awesome. She was fucking badass. The uh, That whole scene, her... Her flying through the, the fucking... Destroyer, whatever, that, that shit was... <laughs> that shit was so rad. Um... Dude, I mean, Ray. I I love Ray, dude, and it just it solidified it even more. Like with this movie, I loved Ray in The Force Awakens. I love her in this movie. She's just she, I I'm so glad that she didn't go dark. Like I was so so scared she's gonna go to the dark side. Like I was almost positive that she was going to the dark side before the movie, and then during the movie I was like, shit, she's gonna go to the fucking dark side, and Kylo Ren's gonna come to the light. And then they fucking did the rope-a-dope on us and fucking switched <laughs> that shit around. And I, I didn't think that Kylo was going to stay bad and that Ray was going to continue to be the light. But, oh, man. And uh, Luke Skywalker. That dude. Um, Mark Hamill did great. Uh, so glad we got to... Uh, Strangely, we got to ignite the green, but I didn't expect it to be in such a uh, murder-your-nephew kind of way. But, you know, hey, we got to see the green. Um, oh, Jesus balls, dude. This is fucking <laughs> bananas. Like, Snoke? Holy shit, dude. Radical. <laughs> fucking <laughs> radical. Uh, this, I just, I'm gonna end this because I don't even, this This is probably like 14 minutes long now. I don't even know how long I've been rambling. I'm just, blah, I'm so excited to hear what, uh, what you guys have to say about it. The, uh, I, 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 I have so many questions and I have so many, there's a little green guy, little green guy, oh, dude, 
Um, puppet Dream Guy. Um, yeah. I can't wait to hear Blue Harvest fam. Uh, I'm excited. I'm gonna stop this because it's just weird. Um, oh, I like that. <laughs> I gotta say, that really brings me back to the night of seeing The Last Jedi for the first time. Yep. I totally know how he felt. Um, yeah, I I felt each and every one of his statements. <laughs> you know what would be really funny? Um, you know the, the movie posters you see that have like the review quotes on them? They'll uh-huh. be like, it's a laugh out loud riot fest. Right. I want to see someone take the Last Jedi poster and transcribe Aaron's whole voicemail just then as the review <laughs> quote. It would take up like the whole, po- oh my God, that would be so funny. It would be good. Hey, let me, can I ask you, um, kind of just because his voicemail got me thinking. Mm-hmm. When you've seen them, were there any memorable reactions to Snoke getting chopped and the Haldo hyperspace through the destroyer thing in when I went like in the theater yeah in the theater I actually feel kind of bad because when Snoke got cut in half I very Mm. not like yelled it but very loudly it just happened I couldn't help myself went what the fuck (laughs) Um, my second showing someone in the very back of the theater went Oh shit! <laughs> like really loud and yeah. And then the the Laura Dern uh, Holdo hyperspace battering ram thing. Mm-hmm. I will never forget the reaction to that because it goes completely silent and you just yes. literally heard like dozens of people gasp at the same yeah. time. It was <gasps> yeah. the whole every time I've seen it, the whole theater just. Gasp. And I'm sure you've seen this sign that one of the theaters put up warning people yeah. that there's a moment when the sound goes out, so it's okay, it's supposed to be like that. Yeah, it's like, uh, they're, they're like, there's ten seconds of silence, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that was interesting. Um, and, and what's crazy, the first showing, uh, people applauded as soon as that sound hit. Like, when the sound hit, it was like, people were like... Oh, yeah. Wow. yeah there our our opening night crowd was pretty lively yeah. every first character appearance got um got applause as did of course the lucasfilm logo and the uh the opening crawl and then at the end people applauded too so i i like that especially for star wars yeah yeah me too man me too no i still say not as loud uh, that the Force Awakens crowd, the liveliest movie theater I've ever been in. I believe that. I mean, it was like when a band plays their their most well-known song, when like, you know, Han Solo or the Millennium, when she's like, the garbage will do, and then you see the Millennium Falcon, the theater went oh. fucking crazy. Yeah. All right. So next up, we have an email from our buddy Peter. Holy shit. Not sure if you guys have seen the movie or not, but we braved sub-freezing weather to see a Thursday showing up at a drive-in theater in Blue Ridge, Georgia. Wow. Wow. Four kids, two dads, and one big-ass thermos of hot chocolate. (laughs) One of the best choices I've made all year, plus the added bonus of seeing the Gemini meteor shower. That in itself made the movie that much better. 
Mother, what? You were watching The Last Jedi while a meteor shower went on at a drive-in theater? That's like a goddamn Thomas Kincaid painting or some shit. <laughs> that is that is pretty cool. <laughs> I'm not sure if you guys have seen the movie, but that last scene is pure magic. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Buddy, we've seen the movie. Yeah. Wow. That is a damn near storybook way to see The Last Jedi. I really have to go see it in the drive-in. I've yet to see any of the new... I've never seen a drive-in movie, and I've definitely never seen any of the new Star Wars movies at the drive-in. So I need to remedy that while I still my can. First, my first time seeing Jedi... Uh, Return of the Jedi. Not the, now we have to actually specify. Uh, my first time seeing Jedi was at a drive-in opening weekend. My father took me. It was pretty cool. But That's there was cool. no... Uh, it was in the middle of May, so it was like daylight, and so it was a later show. Um... And there was no meteor shower. The meteor shower sounds pretty pretty cool, though. <clears throat> that is cool. That is cool. Um, damn. Now I can't think can't think about anything but going to see the Last Jedi in um, a drive-in theater with uh, a meteor shower as the backdrop. That's fucking magical. Uh, Can you imagine it if 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 you're like Demarcus and enhanced? Oh, I'd never leave. <laughs> yeah, I'd be crying the whole time. People'd be like, "This is a terrible idea." That <laughs> uh, you would need uh, like four uh, thermoses of hot cocoa for my ass. Be just drinking cocoa, eating popcorn, and amazed. Um, yeah. Next up, we've got our buddy Josiah Ward. Josiah does the Force Sports podcast. So if you like your sports and your force, you guys should check it out. And Josiah loves stooling. Hey, guys. Mm -hmm. Really like The Last Jedi overall. Overall, Had a quick thought. I've heard a lot of people say that this new Force ability between Kylo and Rey is, well, new. Correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't we see Ezra and Yoda interact in a similar way in Star Wars Rebels? Just a thought. Thanks, guys. He's 100% correct. Yeah. I was originally I was going to be no that's Force Ghost Yoda, but that ain't Force Ghost Yoda. Yoda's still alive on Dagobah at that point. Yeah, I and they and it was like Kylo when he says, "Can you see my surroundings?" Mm-hmm. They Ezra just saw Yoda in his current surroundings. So holy shit! Wow, that is crazy. How did I not think about that? You know who else definitely thought about that is our buddy Sal. That was oh. like, yo, Rubbles, bro. I thought of that shit. Yeah, we did see something very similar to that. He even included a picture. Thanks, Josiah. That was a quick one. <clears throat> so we'll do... Let's see. We've got a bunch. We're not going to get to them all tonight. Um, let's do... We'll do two more emails, and then we'll get to the rest of you fine folks. Um once uh, we record next week this is from our buddy brad h hey fellas i've seen the film twice now and i have the following thoughts holy shit that ray solo throne room fight i did not see that coming at all yeah. luke's ending was absolute perfect and poetic him staring at the twin sons as he fades away and reconnects with the force is way more powerful to me than seeing him fall in battle ray and yoda brought him back and now he'll be more powerful than we can possibly imagine that brings something up to me. Le like when Leia says she, f or when Ray is talking to Leia and she feels that Luke is gone, she says, I don't feel any 
whatever she she says sadness or yep. anger she says she senses peace and purpose yep i wonder what that purpose is i wonder what the sense of per- like of course you could just say his sense of purpose is what he did just did on crate appearing basically sacrificing himself to save the rebe- rebellion you know to be that legend that right. the spark needs or whatever but maybe he has a bigger purpose in mind something that only he can accomplish by becoming one with the force. I don't know. Can I can I say something about the throne room fight? Absolutely. That I and this is something that again I noticed. I did notice in one of my last few viewings, you know. I loved it because there was like that when it first starts they do that little slow-mo zoom in and then it pick picks up, but really that was the only visual camera trick that they did a lot of movies you know wonder woman one of the things that bugged me about it was it felt like every action sequence had the pause do the 360 sweep of the scene right and then zoom you know zoom in it didn't have anything like that it didn't have <clears throat> like the born movies you know they focus on extreme close-ups of hands or objects or faces it didn't have any of that gimmickry it was that and that slow-mo few second thing at the beginning to start it off was great i loved it but the scene was just here's the characters here's the action here's what's happening it didn't need any of that other stuff and not only was the action great but the way it was presented was great the way that the background changed from the red curtain to the star field because ray was the part of that guy's uniform just flung at it it was on fire and it burned it down oh yeah that 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 throne room fight, like like Brad said, I he didn't see it coming. It was it was incredible. So yeah, I I, uh, I really like how easy to follow the action in that scene is because just like you're yeah. saying with like the Bourne movies and stuff like that, like it's a lot of quick cuts and flashing hands and feet and like like I feel like if you sat down and really watched it in in like slow motion or something, you could re-choreograph that friend that scene with sal and a bunch of his buddies that are actually good at martial arts and stuff like it's very yeah. easy to follow like i feel like you know what's going on the whole time yes yeah <clears throat> i'm completely baffled as to this is his third point i'm completely baffled as to how leia goes out for episode nine i thought they would have done something to write her off in this film and early thought on i thought they did but finally seeing her use the force in such a powerful way was one of the things I've been waiting on since learning she was Luke's sister. And I'm so happy that Luke and Leia reconnected and interacted on film. Me yep. too, buddy. That is going to go down as one of my all-time favorite Star Wars scenes. Luke and Leia, their short little interaction on Crate. Mm-hmm. The difference in perspe- perception between Luke and Ben's encounter at the Academy. In Ben's, Luke looks scary and maniacal. In Luke's, he seems conflicted and heartbroken. Yeah. Five. Lastly, and as I DM'd you about on Twitter, the force back on, of Kylo Ren and the Knights of Ren to be, seems to be from something else entirely. I had thought that was Kylo destroying the Academy, but now that doesn't seem plausible. Sorry for the length. I know you boys are busy. Respectfully, Brad H. That wasn't that long, buddy. Um, yeah, I... <clears throat> I gotta be honest, I left The Force Awakens and The Last Jedi, like, I still don't know what's 
totally up with the force bat. Clearly, we know the context between the Luke and R2 scene, but a lot of the other stuff, like Ray watching the shuttle leave, that obviously, to me at least, doesn't really interface with her parents, sold her for drinking money, and died on Jakku. Mm-hmm. The Kylo with the Knights of Ren, that can't be from... He didn't go, like, knock the building down on Luke, go run and put together a Kylo Ren uniform, fuck up his saber or whatever, make the crossguard saber, and then go destroy the Academy. That's from something... Plus, it's raining. That's from something else. Is that something I, else important? I don't know. I think it could be episode nine. Oh, you think that might be a, a flash forward? I think it could be. Oh, and, oh I like... Oh, I, mean, I like that! <laughs> maybe maybe Ray is training someone and the guy in the, you know, weird <clears throat> helmet is someone that Kylo just totally kills. But the, the one thing I heard, you know, I was talking about that with someone and they said, well, why is he wearing the Kylo Ren mask? And my, my thought about that was, well, he's also wearing the Kylo Ren mask in the part of the forest scene that Ray sees in that flesh. The Force I, vision. I need to go back and, and look at something. Yeah, he, he's wearing it, and I think that's because she does. You know, she hasn't obviously. Well, she doesn't know who Kylo Ren is yet, but right, he's wearing it in both, and they both have happened in the future according to the timeline of the movie. So, what I, I want to go that, back and look, I Kylo's not wearing his robe in that rain scene, though, is he? Is he just wearing the underpart? I feel like he doesn't have the robe. He has the underpart in the helmet, which would mean he would look. More like his last Jedi self. Yeah. I know in the snow scene, he's wearing the, the robe with the hood up and the helmet. Um, wow. I need to go back and look at that and see what, like his, uh, like what outfit he's wearing in there. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'll be interested to see. I really want to know, like, I want to know what each of those scenes mean in context to the story of the sequel trilogy. And I hope we get that. Mm-hmm. But I don't know, you know. Yeah. All right. Last up for the evening, we have our buddy William. Hey, gents. Well, I finally got to see The Last Jedi on Saturday night, and I left the theater feeling like the rest of the Star Wars world, like I was stuck in a tornado of emotions. First, Snoke snuffed. What the fuck just happened? A small part of me is not convinced that his story or his contribution to the series is completely over. I don't know how or why. I just have a feeling. I, I think... I don't know that Snoke will necessarily have a presence. I don't... Let me rephrase that. I don't think we're going to see Snoke in Episode Nine at all. He may be referenced, but we will not see him. The fallout from Snoke dying, I think, could be some sort of story element either picked up in Nine or going forward. And I definitely think they will get more about Snoke, be it through books. and We kind of yeah. discussed that earlier. Yeah. Second... Hamill was amazing. I can't say that I had any specific expectations to how his character would be portrayed in the movie, but I really liked what Johnson did, and this story is coming to a close in Star Wars. And his story coming to a close in Star Wars. Then I think his character was done justice in this film. I I agree, buddy. I know that's a point of contention, but I agree. Third, fucking loved Yoda. You repeated my favorite line in in the movie multiple times in your reaction podcast those books weren't page turners i won't (laughs) lie that segment of the movie must have had me in tears i just thought the clever cocky yoda schooling master skywalker like he was still a young buck was genius and johnson capitalized on his 
cameo incredibly. Mm-hmm. For real. Like, I've seen some people upset that he's sort of like goofy, crazy Yoda, but that, like, chronologically, that works. These people see in the Empire Strikes Back. Right. That's, that's the Yoda he would be. Like, I don't know. I have no problem I, with that. I was so glad that they went that route. We had three movies of stern, like, Jedi Master, head of the Jedi Council, Yoda. You know. Do, do you think... And this is, I think every line Yoda said, I'm going to say, is my favorite Yoda line of this movie. But Yoda says something like, young Skywalker, missed you, I have. Oh, so good. I do not think, and I want to know what you think about this, I do not think prequel trilogy Yoda would have said that because he would have been so entrenched in the Jedi mind mindset. Yeah, I, I feel like that's almost an attachment, you know? <laughs> yeah, um, and he's, yeah. I wonder I how long. realized. I wonder how long it's been since they've seen each other. Has it been since the end of Jedi? Or has it been since Luke cut himself off from the Force? My headcanon, I'm guessing since he cut himself off from the Force. Yeah. I, I'm guessing he learned a lot of like the Darth Sidious stuff from sessions with Force Ghost Obi-Wan. And, and Yoda. Yeah, I, I, I think you're probably right. I don't think they were necessarily coming around every day. But I think right. he definitely had interactions with them in that 30-year time. Um, so, and in, in between the Yoda arc and the Clone Wars, his time on Dagobah and his time as the Force Ghost, I think Yoda realized mistakes of the Jedi Order and that it's okay to form some attachments and miss people. So. For sure. Shit, man, there's just so much I could talk about. But I will end with my overall feelings on the film. I picked up a trend of moving on in a way. It was a theme in much of the dialogue throughout the movie. Moving on from the past and letting the old ways go seemed to be the general theme of this film. In a way, I felt as this was a message directed at me, the viewer. Please let me know if I'm sounding crazy. I only get to see it this once in the theater, so I'm limited on how much I get to view it. But this was my take away from the movie. Finally, I loved it, and I can't wait to see how they connect episode 9 to this and what Johnson comes up with for his own series. What an amazing time for Star Wars fans. Thanks again for what you guys do, and may the Force be with you. Uh, buddy, I feel like that theme was definitely in the movie. I don't... Yep. I wonder... I don't know if, like, in story conversations, they were sitting there going, yo, this is a message for the viewer. I, I, you know, I, I, I kind of wonder if maybe... It was meant more in-universe, and mm-hmm. it just happened to be one of those wonderful, happy accidents where it applies to the fandom as well. Maybe. Where I don't it be- know. It, be- it became meta, but it wasn't supposed to be. Or not even supposed to be. It wasn't what they intended. Like, yeah. Not that it's a bad thing that that's how it turned out. It was just like they didn't even imagine that. And then, like, I, I think it's... a pretty beautiful sentiment and done pretty well when you stop to think about it regardless of if it was on purpose or a you know a wonderful happenstance Um, i i think so too and i think that that could be one of the things that's rubbing a lot of people the wrong way because they feel like it's not their star wars anymore and you know we've had star wars our whole lives but i feel like this might not have been made for me but it's still my Star Wars, even though it's moving into something new. And I love that. Yeah. And, like, you know, I just... 
you got to start moving in a new direction at some point. And if, and if you don't want retreads and, and things rebrought up and just the same old thing over and over again, and you got to rip the ba- bandaid off at some point. And mm-hmm. I like the part parts of this movie that challenged me as a star Wars fan that gave me something that if, if I had known about it beforehand, I probably would have turned my nose up and been like, um, this, I don't know about that. Had somebody told me Luke's arc beforehand, not so much the tortured cut off from the force stuff, but like the projecting himself and things like that. I I don't know how I would have taken that ahead of time, you know? So honestly, it's one of those things where I'm glad I didn't know it going in. Um, but I, I like this new, I know this new direction isn't for everybody. That's clear, but I like it and I'm real excited about what it means going forward. And you know, if, if this movie didn't feel star Warsy enough to you or like your star Wars, like you got a Han Solo movie coming out in May. And I think that's going to be very old school star Wars. You know, I think that's going to become more of the purpose of these spinoff movies is to be able to present it's weird like it's weird because uh i was i've been thinking about this too much it's weird when i initially heard you know a new trilogy and spinoff movies i thought oh that's where we're gonna get the spinoff movies are gonna be where we get new types of star wars we haven't seen before and so far, the one spinoff movie we got, Rogue One, which I like, I mean, it's kind of just Star Wars, you know? Mm-hmm. It didn't necessarily, to me, I know a lot of people are like, oh, it's dark and gritty and, and it's more about the war. And I guess, but to me, it just felt like more of the same old Star Wars. Not that yeah. that's a bad thing. I love the same old Star Wars. It's crazy to me that I assumed the new trilogy would be the same old Star Wars where the second movie of this trilogy is so weird and and wonderful and different, you know? I don't know. I'm having a hard time articulating what I'm saying here. I think I get you. Um, Well, buddy, thanks for taking the time and recording with me tonight. Oh, thanks for asking me to be on. Always always great. Before we wrap it up, why don't you tell our good listeners where they can find you on social media and stuff if they haven't already. Best place is uh, on Twitter, Tom Chansky, one word. C-H-A-N-S-K-Y. Oh, yeah. Well, guys, uh, this is our uh, pre-Christmas holidays episode, so I hope if you guys are celebrating uh, this coming up week, I hope you have a safe holidays and enjoy your time with your family and loved ones or whatever it is you're doing. And we'll see you guys next week for our last show of the year, wrapping up 2017 with Blue Harvest. Um if you guys haven't already, please check out the band that was kind enough to provide the music for our theme song. They are Stoned Cobra. You can find them on Spotify, on iTunes, and at Stoned Camp, Stoned Burnt Bank, StonedCobra.bandcamp.com. You know what makes an excellent last-minute stocking stuffer? A digital download code for a Stoned Cobra album. Think about it. Think about it. Um, Rate and review us on iTunes. We're doing pretty good on reviews lately. It seems like we get a couple every few days. I really appreciate that, guys. If you have time, stop by and leave a review. It definitely helps us out. And uh, until next week, this has been Blue Harvest. 
And I'm Halls Burkhart. I'm Tom Chansky. Godspeed, the- Rebels. <laughs> Godspeed, Rebels. Oh, we uh, we could have had a whole conversation about that too. Uh, next time. Yeah, yeah. Just remember, guys. Han says to the poor fucking Cliff. From, no, it's not Cliff. He says it to a guy in the Hoth base. Then I'll see you in hell. May the force be with you. May the force be with us. <laughs>